Hello from elsewhere. I'm Valerie. And I'm Casey. And in today's episode, we're discussing characters who go full power mode. Okay, Valerie, something crazy happened on the road to me the other day. What? Good, good crazy. Okay. So I, I'm at a stop sign, and there's. I was gonna say if it was bad crazy, I would have heard about. No, it. good crazy. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would know. This wouldn't be a new story to you. Uh, and the road going perpendicular to me as I'm stopped at a stop sign. It's a very fast road, and there's this big RV camper van, and it's towing something behind it. And I wish I had time to take a picture, but it was going fast, and you know I'm driving, and no one else is in the car, so I couldn't get a picture. But behind it is a tarp peeking out of the back of it is like this giant thruster and these two huge big black fins so (laughs) someone was towing the batmobile i don't know if they were going to or from comic-con or like an official batmobile or like it's probably fan-made but i don't i mean still i mean still they're usually replicas but i guess not it could have been could have been anything but they couldn't hide it the batmobile cannot be contained (laughs) I think it was either the one from Batman. It didn't Batman. have stealth mode? It was probably the one for Batman Forever or Batman uh, Batman and Robin. No, it did not have stealth mode. That's not the real Batmobile. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Anyways, I, I thought it was Very pretty cool awesome. Though. And I was really sad that I didn't get a picture because it was the best. And I, I'm in alone in the car and I just say, say to myself, what? <laughs> As I pass this <laughs> <laughs> out loud. It was pretty great. I have an all-important question for you, Valerie. Let's hear it. What weird or ridiculous superpower do you wish you had? So not the -the run-of-the-mill super strength or flight, but weird superpower. I would choose to never have to shower again. So what would that be like, you know, to be perpetually clean woman? (laughs) Not that I mind getting dirty, but I hate showering. It's just like a waste of time to me. Like your legs, are they perpetually shaved as well? Yes. Okay. So like yeah, it wouldn't just be clean, but it would be like the whole shower ritual whole without having to actually do it. Does your superpower allow you allow you to choose like the scent, you know, <laughs> like, or are you stuck with one scent for eternity? Uh, you can definitely choose. I mean, if I'm choosing my superpower, then I'm choosing that I can also choose my makes, makes sense shampoo and conditioner. Mine is I wish that I could watch things for the first time again. So like erase well, my memory of. So like erase my memory of of a movie or even it would be fun with books too. So any any like fiction that it would be doing it again for the first time. Uh, this was an idea that or like a wish. So there's this old not old. It's four years old. Uh, the short film called Movie Mind Machine with the underrated comedic stylings of Ron Funches. And uh, in that the synopsis is that two movie buffs invent a memory erasing machine. That allows them to watch their favorite movies over and over again, like the first time. Interesting. And it's wonderful. It's just like 12 minutes. I, there's there's some swears, so if if you look for it, just be aware of that. But uh, it is a fantastic idea. And ever since I saw that, I was like, yes, I want that power. Although things don't go super great in the movie. But I was going to say, here's my question. is If once you erase your memory of that book and movie, would you want to watch them or read it again? Like, how would you know? You'd be like, eh, that doesn't interest me anymore. And you might miss out on one of your favorite movies of all time because you never watch it again. That's true. Maybe I'd have to leave like myself notes. Like, this one is good. You can watch it. <laughs> the problem <laughs> this is... This one's bad. Don't bother watching again. That's why I erased it. <laughs> right. So much of this podcast is based on, like, these are... All, everything we talk about, we've seen more than once, probably. And yes. so, 
I don't know that this podcast could exist with that superpower because mm. we watch it multiple times, analyze. Yeah, like I, I'd ha- it just wouldn't be as as interesting because I don't get much out of things the first time. It's like the second time where I start to get something out of right, it. Right, the first so. time is more reactionary. Right, and so that would be that would be the the downside. True. That would be the kryptonite to this power. Would would be the podcast would end. So maybe I don't want it. Um, I asked some Instagram peeps, some of our listeners and some of just some of my friends that probably don't know that I have a podcast, um, what their answers would be for what their weird or interesting superpower would be. So I'm going to read just a couple of them. Um, my friend Eni says she wishes she was a metamorphmagus like Tonks. That would be awesome. Yes. And another Harry Potter, someone wishes they had apparition, which is a good one. And that yeah. was from Becca. And actually, so little shout out. Becca and Eni just started their own podcast, and I'm very excited. Really? At the time of this uh, episode posting, they should have two up, I think. But they talk about um, musicals and musical theater. So. That's cool. Yeah, in their first episode, it was really great. They talked about a lot of things that you and I love and talk about, like Sound of Music and Julie Andrews came up. And oh, man. Newsies, of course. Becca shared that she... I, Let's, I'm trying to remember why Harry Potter came out. What's oh, the name of their podcast? Um, it's called Sincerely Us. And Becca talked about how one of her favorites, maybe her favorite Harry Potter characters is Ginny. And I totally agree. Ginny is very underrated, especially book Ginny. Well, yeah, book Ginny is amazing. Movie Ginny is meh. Not, and then it's not the actor's, actress's no, fault. It's, it's just, just they didn't write her much of a yeah, role. Yeah, they didn't give her much to do. But yes, we love Ginny. Um, anyways, so yes, check out that podcast. Little plug. But uh, some other answers are... Oh, um, my sister Lindsay says, she. Uh, how about a one-foot radius of personal space? Ideally, I can turn it off when I want. So that's a good one. That is I, a great one. I want that one for yes. sure. Riot said, turn inanimate objects into Red Robin burgers. <laughs> um, uh, also food-related. Books and Chucks, which is a great Instagram uh, page. Go check it out. She says, eat all the food and gain none of the weight. Um, my friend Becky says, I want to be able to turn off my kids whining and fighting like a remote control that stops it. <laughs> that one's yeah. golden. Well, if you're talking about remote controls for children, how about one that, you know, you just pause them all night until they sleep. They don't come out of their room anymore. <laughs> That'd be pretty golden. That would be so easy to like abuse. Misuse. That's like true. That, um, it you really know, would be. That, You'd be like, oh, let's sleep until eight today. Nine, ten. <laughs> we had some sleep-related ones. Uh, my friend Katie said uh, if she could fall asleep instantly. Um, I pretty be great. much have that one. You do. I do not. I do not have that one. Uh, but then on the opposite end, Cody says never needing to sleep. I could actually use all 24 hours of the day. Which would be handy. Although I do like sleeping. Anyways, yeah, we had a few good ones. Oh, Rachel says, uh, I wish I could make my eye eyeshadow and eyeliner look the exact same on both sides. It takes... It's not one I understand, but uh, I think you might appreciate that (laughs) one more than I do. It's tricky to get them perfectly even. So yeah, we had some great answers. I love when people chime in. It's the best. So today we're talking about full power mode. We'll explain what we mean by that. But uh, one caveat, I am not at full power mode personally today. Just a little bit under the weather. So if my voice sounds funny or if you hear coughing fits in the background while Valerie's talking, that's just me in the corner coughing (laughs) (laughs) but we like irony here so it makes sense that we would talk about full power mode when we're on i'm on low power mode you're doing better but yes just bad allergies this year they have hit us hard so valerie what do we mean by full power mode full power mode is when your hero um not necessarily superhero but you know when your hero reaches their full potential 
It's this moment where they kind of shed off all self-doubt and they just become who they're supposed to be. Like they reach their full potential. And I mean, when we say power, we obviously mean like a lot of it is a physical power, a physical attribute of some kind. But it also comes down to like their smarts and, you know, their ability to figure things out for themselves. Yeah, and it usually comes at that part in the story when they're going from being acted upon by like the plot to acting on it themselves. So sort of taking agency into the story uh, for themselves. And it's not usually like at the climax, although sometimes that's part of it and we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, it's one of our favorite um, just moments in when movies do it. And obviously not every movie does this, but uh, it's most common in superhero movies and not every superhero movie does it. But it, it seems more recent too. Like all the things, all the characters we'll be talking about are, are within the last couple of years. Um, not that it's only been then, but... Those are the ones we thought of yeah and it just seems to be happening more and more often because it's just that moment where you're watching the movie and it's like clench your fists so excited kind of you know like yeah. ooh, look at this it's gonna Here happen comes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely the best the best part in all of these movies i think yes so yeah let's jump into it who, who should we start with we start with captain marvel let's start with our queen captain <laughs> marvel <laughs> i'm good with that title <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna track these characters' journeys. I know you love when I say that phrase, and you don't think I'm a huge nerd at all. Never. So <laughs> she says as she mimes pushing up her the glasses on the bridge of her nose that <laughs> she's not actually wearing glasses, but she's mocking me right now. Uh, yes, we're gonna track these characters' journeys. So we'll start with Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. Let's just start at the beginning. Tell me about Carol at the beginning of the movie, or Veers. Right, we meet her as Veers. She's on the on Hala, the Cree planet. She's training, but we don't know what for. And I mean, she has her mentor. Um, I can't think of his name. You can't think of his name because it doesn't fit Jude Law it, as a yeah. human being. His name is like Yonrog, I think. Right. Which Sounds like an alien name. It's not a sexy Jude Law <laughs> name, though. It's not <laughs> Jude Law worthy name. And, I mean, spoiler alert, we say that we're going to be talking about a lot of these characters. Yes, so, so this we'll have spoilers for Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse, Thor Ragnarok. It's been a couple years. Last Jedi, we shouldn't have to say that anymore either because we talk about Last Jedi sometimes. Right, mostly just Captain Marvel because it's... The most recent. The most recent. But anyways, um, yeah, you don't picture him as the bad guy. I think that's why it works, too. Right, it's a little unexpected because everyone loves jude law yeah he's the best in fact like last week i saw unwittingly like three jude law movies i just didn't even plan it it just sort of happened what were they i watched ai steven spielberg artificial ai artificial intelligence i watched i watched captain marvel and there was like one other one Oh, we watched uh, Crimes of grindelwald because you hadn't seen oh yes so there was at least three jude law movies there in the space of like a week and i wasn't sad about that (laughs) <laughs> anyways yeah Jan rog is is training and, and you already get the sense that he's holding her back i mean not even it's i mean it's pretty explicit like he's i mean you don't think it's in a, a villainous way yet but he's right clearly holding her back in some way and you think for the for the greater good that it's going to be good for her um and of course we learn that nope he's a villain and he's just holding her back but i guess my question is do you think that they know what her power level is or do you think that it's just good old-fashioned sexism? I think they don't know what her power level is. And I don't even think it's really that she's a girl. I think it's that they know that she has powers, but they don't know to what extent. And so they don't want to risk her going full power mode until they know that she is 
completely under their control. Like, like they just assume it could be like crazy. She, they assume she could be crazy powerful, but they don't know really for sure. Right. And until they know that she is like 100% on their side, willing to follow their rules and their orders without question, then they're not going to let her free. Let her be full power mode. Throughout the movie, we get a lot of flashbacks as well of people holding her back in multiple ways too so it's not just jude law's character no from the time she's young you've got i mean we hear from uh, lieutenant trouble monica that or is monica her friend oh darn i don't remember now <laughs> there's monica and maria i'm pretty sure monica's the little girl maybe anyways so the daughter lieutenant trouble we hear from her she mentions that carol didn't go along with her parents so they became her real family and so you get the sense that yeah she's been held back by her parents at the go-kart and and you i mean i think her brother might be in one of those flashbacks or an older right. boy of some kind and then and then they show her playing baseball and falling down and then when she's you know in her military training um right and all the people down below all the men down below mocking are, her yeah. yeah and then there's the the one pilot you see a few times telling her she doesn't belong up in the air kind of a thing right yeah, yeah, she's so got a lot of barriers she has to break through, which is part of why she's amazing. Yeah, she doesn't let it hold her back. I think that's why the full power mode in Captain Marvel is so awesome is because that's really what the movie uh, is about, is her being held back and overcoming that. Like Sometimes the full power mode moment is just really awesome and it, it works, but the whole structure of the movie and the theme and the plot is is surrounded, about, surrounded around her being held back. And so like it, it would be completely unsatisfying if we didn't get that moment definitely but also early on um, we get some awesome visual um, like literal holding her back with when she's captured on the um, scroll ship and they've got like those bindings on her hands and she's literally bound yeah, like her, her powers are, are like literally covered in metal yeah. that she can't get off for a while so you've got that and then the little uh, chip thing on her neck so all these things are combining there's the the physical the the bindings and the chip on her neck and then you've got the the relational you know the people in her life holding her back um in the past and the present and um it all leads up to that that moment do you want to talk about that moment that moment the one and only <laughs> uh it's just such a powerful moment i mean she's talking to yeah so she's talking to the supreme intelligence and she's starting to realize that she doesn't have to be held back anymore you know she says you know i've been i've been fighting with one hand tied behind my back love that line it's so good <laughs> that's when i start to get chills and then i just have chills for minutes right as chills it just for days goes and goes so she does she just stands up and it's that moment where you know they show her standing up in all of her past memories and then they show her standing up uh, to the supreme intelligence and she just breaks the little chip in her neck and can then go like it's nothing like too. it's nothing <laughs> i know she's like as soon as she realized what's holding her back she's you know has she overcomes it yeah and i think part of it too is the knowledge that she got her powers from that from the engine which has been powered by the tesseract so i think she's starting to because she had remembered that moment of when she got her powers. Right. She's she probably has more of an inkling of what she can do. She's realizing that it goes beyond the Kree. Because the Kree say, you know, we gave you these powers. And that's a lie. I mean, to some extent. It is. Yeah. I mean, really. She sort of gave them to herself. Well, if you count, uh, um, oh, what's Annette Benning's the I mean, she her is mentor's a character is a Kree. So, yeah. I guess they're not technically lying. But they are sort of taking credit for her power. And I love that thematically that she's taking the like the power is hers and she's owning it in that moment it's amazing so good and i love the, also that it's like she's going full power mode in two places because her body is on the 
the satellite ship and her mind is with the supreme intelligence and so yeah. she's like going full power mode with the supreme intelligence and like breaking that down while her body is like starting to glow and her hands and her and her eyes and i love how they made her look in that shot because sometimes i've seen comic book drawings of captain marvel and i don't know she almost looks weird you know glowing hair and glowing eyes and like but i don't know in the it worked really well in the movie yeah. it worked really well like yeah. i was in love with that moment i love that that's not the climax of the movie either like we get full power mode and there's still quite a bit to go where the filmmakers can just play with her powers like right we have like yeah, she blasts all the people in that room that are, like, guarding her or whatever. But then she has a lot more fun. It's like 20 minutes of her just using all her powers to their full extent. And we see stuff that we didn't exactly. know she could do, um, like when she flies through the ship and stuff. Yeah, that's my favorite. Casey. Yes? Are you ready to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? I am so ready to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's Again, my favorite movie from last year. That's high praise. Spoilers. Yes. Also, go watch it because it's amazing. It's on Netflix now, so... No excuses. Definitely worth a watch. Although the first few minutes, not minutes, but the first, I don't know, 30 seconds of like credits at the beginning are really like flashy. There's a frenetic quality to the animation, so if you're prone to... Seizures. Yeah, seizures or, or headaches, like it could be tricky. Or watch it on a smaller screen, maybe. Yeah, because we watched that and I was like, it's not going to do this the whole time, right? Like that does... <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, the introductory logos are like really over the top and crazy and I love it, but it's uh it's a bit unsettling. So yeah. give it a chance. Your eyes. Yeah. But I'm prone to migraines and I'm fine watching it. So go past that and then the whole movie's amazing. But what I love most about this movie is that it's another Spider Man origin story. And I mean, we don't need any more Spider-Man origin stories at this part, to point in time. Exactly. Yeah. We've seen Uncle Ben die many, many times. Too many times. Which they do kind of show it. Well, kind of. They show Uncle Ben in this one, but it's different. So what I love about this movie is that we get a different version of Spider-Man's beginning. And, or at least we get, you know, Miles Morales. So it's a different, a different Spider-Man's origin story. And um, starts out like a normal kid, man. He's got to go to a school that he doesn't like. He misses his friends. He, what else? Well, I think he wants to do street art and his dad's a, a police officer and doesn't approve. Yeah, the whole setup of the film is that the, all these people have like these great expectations of him, but he just wants to be a normal kid in the mm -hmm. way he sees like he sees being himself as being a normal kid. Like there's that shot of him walking through like his old neighborhood past his old school and right. like you can see he's like at home and he really likes these people and then he gets to um, the new school and he's just like feeling out of place and he obviously doesn't want to be at this new school and, and he's actively trying to fail out <laughs> yeah he just wants to be normal he doesn't want to be like super smart at this school for smart kids he doesn't want like the pressure of his parents to be like something special he just wants to be himself and be normal and that's important for the rest of the film and then later so when he gets his powers um like he gets bitten by the spider and then he discovers that he has powers and then he meets Peter Parker, and that Peter Parker dies. But before he dies, he gives him, like, the responsibility of fixing the... Of turning off the collider. Like, he gives him this responsibility. Because as Peter Parker knows, with great Don't responsibility... Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> um, so Miles, I think, feels a little bit stuck. Like, he doesn't want to be special. And I don't think he wants these powers because he feels like just make him weird and not normal. And his whole thing is that he wants to be normal. But also... He feels like he has a responsibility to Spider-Man because Spider-Man asked him to do something, so he wants to do it. So right. he's kind of stuck there. Plus, he's the only person with Spider-Man's powers now that, you know, 
Peter True. Parker's gone. Because they don't know about the, the multiverse yet. So right. he thinks he's the only one. Why do you think he doesn't want like to be exceptional? Like, Is it fear? Like fear of failure? I think it comes down to him wanting to be um, in his comfortable place. You know, when you see him with the, you know, the students from his old school, his friends that he's walking past, he's comfortable with them. He's got, you know, great repartee and he is just at home there and at ease. Whereas the new school is strange and challenging. and, And I think we all go through those moments where we would choose to be comfortable like it's hard to push past that and uh, it's hard to be yourself in a new place i agree but i also wonder if like deeper than that is fear of failure or feel fear of making mistakes you know like because if you're in a comfortable place you're not gonna fail but if you right get outside that comfort yeah zone, i think that's a big fail. part of it yeah. is that yeah he's when you, yes when you're comfortable you're in a safe environment or you're already at the top of your school so you know that's nice whereas if you go to a smarter school or what in his case then he feels like he's you know middle to bottom <laughs> well and also a little bit later so when he goes to the to peter parker's grave site right before he like um zaps peter b parker he's like talking to the uh i think he's talking like to the gravestone you know sort of talking to himself basically saying i want to help but i don't know how i'm the wrong guy and i think there's just little moments like that of like he wants to do the right thing and he wants to help but he also doesn't think he's the one that should be doing it he doesn't think he's the exceptional one which again i think is what makes the full power mode later so exceptional and that's what i like about into the spider-verse in general is that there's so many different versions of spider-man or you know penny parker or whoever it is like it puts across the idea that anybody could be spider-man right yeah exactly and they say that multiple times someone says it could be anyone behind the mask um the stanley stanley's cameo as the guy working at the costume shop he's like it always fits right the mask always fits and um and later someone says like we're all spider-man and so i love that at the funeral it was um, yeah what's her name um mary jane mary jane yeah MJ. Yeah, so I love, love, love that theme of that anyone can be Spider-Man and that, but also their own spin on Spider-Man. You know, they're all not this, they're not all the same. They all have unique powers and strengths and weaknesses. And Miles Morales isn't just a carbon copy of of Peter Parker. He's got um, different powers and different problems and and unique strengths as well. So full power mode. Hold on, one more thing. Well, maybe one more thing. I have a lot of notes on Spider-Man. Go for it. So like related to that idea of trying to be Spider-Man, but also trying to be yourself. I love that Miles, when he's working with Peter B. Parker, he's like trying to emulate Spider-Man while also put his own spin on it. So he's got the little kid costume through right. a lot of the movie which is just fantastic but he also tries things like he's wearing a cape um, yeah, and like, peter b parker's like don't do like, that no capes. but i think it's played for com- comedy but i think that is really important thematically for um for this idea that he is trying to sort of combine power so to speak combine the power of spider-man with his own unique spin on things his miles morales take on things uh so some other awesome visual visual cues and uh themes in the movie so when they go to when they go to peter's underground hideout for the first time miles is like looking up at peter's spidey suit and it's a i don't know if i'd call it subtle but it's a blink and you miss it moment but the way they shoot it is the reflect in the reflection miles's head doesn't quite reach up to spider-man's head you Mm, know so that visual representation of not the reflection right exactly And then an adjacent shot also is like the camera looking down at Miles, like it makes him look small. 
So these sort of combine to make him yeah appear less than Spider-Man and not quite measuring up. Which right after that is the moment where um, all the new spider people, spider, what do they call their group? The spiderlings or something like that. Anyways, right. um, they all kind of attack him and to see if he's got it, got what it takes. And yeah, he they start listing yeah. off. You know, can you do a something something while yeah. falling out of an airplane? Right. Uh, no. Which I think just confirms his fears of failure too. Like, he's yes. already afraid of failing, and um, everything around him is telling him that he is not measuring up. Not that they don't see potential in him, just that he's inexperienced. And, I mean, Peter B. Parker is trying. He's like, hey, he can turn invisible. Show him the invisible thing. And it's like, well, he can't do it on command, but... <laughs> okay, we can jump into full power mode. In stark contrast to that visual moment I mentioned before of the reflection, at the, I guess we'd, we'd call the what's up danger scene full power mode. Toward the beginning of it, he they shoot it so that, like, in the reflection... He is matching up with Spider-Man to sort of contrast that earlier oh, moment, which is just that. fantastic. I like so. that. Yes. Um, so What's Up Danger is a song that plays. And first of all, it's a great song. Yes. Fantastic. Did you know, Casey, that I found out, it's a little side note here, that so I've signed up for a tennis tournament and um, so I've been, I've been playing a couple nights a week with friends and I found out that from our house to the tennis courts, What's Up Danger is like the exact length of time <laughs> to get there. And that's why you've been winning your tennis matches. It really has. It's been it's a great like pump up song because you're spider woman over there and uh no it's been <laughs> but it just makes me laugh because it's like the song that sounds you know very hip-hop you know a little bit of rap in there and uh which i like that type of music but it's hard to find it clean and uh, so i love this song but it sounds way cooler than i am but also it's from spider-man so it's actually really nerdy so it really fits who i am anyway so, <laughs> you know. that's amazing <laughs> yeah so one of the things i loved is well we were talking about how uh, spider-man is trying to mimic peter b parker you know learn from him but then kind of keep his own style too and that's one of the things that i noticed was that he doesn't just wear the spider-man suit he changes it to be his own and his spider suit is like my favorite of all time um it's so cool and he but then he keeps like his hoodie up and he keeps his sneakers on so he's definitely making it his own style um and i think that's a huge part of any character going into full power mode is that they're fully accepting who they are and they're not trying to please or to copy others anymore um they realize that they are good enough as as themselves and i love that it's a callback to like we know that he is artistic and so um his using like spray paint over the old spider-man suit to make it his own is is so much cooler than it just being a, a suit that he finds or a suit that he um makes you know whole cloth it's uh it's repurposed for him which i right. really like also you know the whole thing is about him accepting danger and leap of faith and um you know using his powers at, to their full effect but we can all agree that the most dangerous thing is that he is has his shoe untied like the whole movie <laughs> it's such a hazard even, even in what's up danger his shoe's still untied i love when he's like it's a choice <laughs> Is it Casey Which or can I think he it is. never I mean, he, he, remember to tie his shoe? Maybe I don't know. Um, I think another part of full power mode is it's it's the moment where the where like the student becomes the teacher type of a moment. Um, all of a sudden he's telling Peter B. Parker things like you know watch the hands not the mouth. You know he like he's throwing some of his own phrases back at him and he's um you know and he reminds him that it's a it's a leap of faith and I like that idea too that even when our our heroes go full power mode there's still it's still a leap of faith you know they don't know how this is going to turn out but they're going to give it their best 
Yeah, I love that. So um, backing up a little bit. So even before What's Up Danger, um, I think it all kind of starts when he's tied up and in his in his apartment or in his dorm or yeah. whatever. And he's he's tied up in webs and all the um, spider characters leave and they basically tell him he can't come. He doesn't have what it takes. And the movie doesn't say it, but I always got the sense that, that they do that on purpose, that he needs that to break out. You know what I mean? I hadn't or do thought you think, about that. Like, do you think they're being honest and they really don't think he has what it takes? Or do you think that they are teaching him a lesson? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that they want to keep him safe because, you know, if he really doesn't know what he's doing, he's just going to get himself killed. What's his name? The villain. The villain. Kingpin. Yeah, Kingpin has already killed, uh, you know, Peter Parker, like the real Spider-Man who knew what he was doing and had been doing it for years. Um, so we know that he's a dangerous guy. And so I think part of it is to keep him safe. And then maybe there was some hope that he would figure it out. Um yeah, I don't know. What I think really is like the catalyst for the full power mode too is the, it's not really a conversation because Miles's mouth is covered with webs, but his dad comes to the door and his dad says, um, his dad says, I see this, this spark in you and like whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. And I think that, um, that confidence, which his, his parents have been saying stuff like that the whole time. But what's interesting here is that at the beginning of the movie, Miles's dad sort of yells out to him like he doesn't have a choice like he has to go to this new school and he has to try to live up to these expectations that he doesn't have a a choice really and and at that moment i think that his dad is sort of giving him the choice and like he's like i said he says whatever you choose you'll be great and i think that miles finally realizes that he has a choice and that he doesn't have to be spider-man but he realizes that he can choose to be spider-man and then he does choose to be spider-man right and all the other spider people they always meant they mention more than once that Spider-Man always gets back up and I think that's yeah his moment of getting back up is realizing who is really supporting him and realizing that he can do it and then yeah he gets back up which he does a couple times because I mean he breaks out of those webs to actually sort of he like shocks he uses that sparky sparky super duper power uh-huh. um, I don't that's know the official the name. name yeah that is and the technical name. his eyes gall I like glow with lightning which full power mode seems to always have a focus on eye on the eyes like on all of these things there's eyes uh captain marvel's eyes glow miles morales's eyes have lightning we'll get into some more lightning eyes in a bit so i think that's like a it's a quick way that filmmakers can show power and show like this is more than just human like this is something special um but yeah he breaks out of the webs and then that's when he uh, repurposes the suit during the what's up danger song and then he leaps off the building which is just we can all agree that's the greatest it's so shot. pretty it's like a beautifully done the upside down shot man. movie so shot good. there it's not long enough i, I mean the whole movie is pretty but that what's up danger song and that shot especially man well and, and that's like him realizing his full power but just like captain marvel that's not the end of it like we get more and more of him like you said when he's like the student become the master we get a lot more of that and then him shocking kingpin toward the end and so again it's not at the climax it's like that moment where the character is is choosing to act upon uh the plot rather than be acted upon um so real quick before we move on to our next our next character um i had mentioned before that that shot of him like walking through the streets um and being very comfortable and that's when he's Miles Morales and he thinks he's just being a normal kid and that he's not exceptional. He's just himself. And then, of course, through the course of the film, he realizes that he can be both. He can be exceptional and be himself. Um, and that scene is mirrored later when he's um, in his Spidey suit and he's walking around like the streets and fist bumping people and stuff. It's almost the exact same, like the camera's sort of following behind. So I just love that, like the bookends there of when he's realized his full potential. It is, that's great. I hadn't noticed that. All right, let's move on to Thor in the Thor Ragnarok. Another wonderful movie. 
I'm really setting you up for like uh, jingles because I like your transitional jingles, <laughs> but you're just not doing it this episode. <laughs> Don't these characters deserve little, <laughs> little Valerie patented songs? I guess not. You're not feeling it today. You know, I'm feeling uninspired. I, guess. I don't know. I just, they haven't come out. You don't need to you know come up with maybe not inspired. maybe i'm just embarrassed casey my, my oh, it has to be impromptu it has to be impromptu not waited for i can't okay. be called out i'm on sorry jingles i'm sorry just, you know. all right thor ragnarok we love thor ragnarok he's the best it's another great full power mode again he's got lightning in his eyes to be fair yes he is the uh what is it you know the god of sparkles lord of thunder oh yeah <laughs> gold bloom if you're playing hello from elsewhere bingo we just mentioned gold bloom so <laughs> He's a reoccurring. Yeah, we have a few of those. Goldblum. I haven't talked about General Antuck, the mustache Merrick, for a while. Matthew Cuthbert's one of mine that keeps coming Matthew. back up. <laughs> it's so random. I know, right? Goldblum and Matthew Cuthbert. Those are the ones. From the same cloth. <laughs> okay, so Thor Ragnarok. We've got Hela, who draws her power from Asgard. And the closer she gets to Asgard, the more powerful she becomes. And so throughout the movie, she's sort of experiencing full power mode, but like on a long scale, you know, it's not like a moment. But then I love that in this movie, Thor, like with our, the two other characters we've talked about, they're like, these are their origin stories. This isn't Thor's origin story. He's been around for a bit. Right. And we've already seen him in some very powerful positions. Right. But the reason it works is because he's stripped of his power or he thinks he's stripped of his power when Hela breaks his breaks Mjolnir. It's just so unexpected when that happens. So yeah, Thor spends the film being reduced um, in multiple ways and even his hair, even his hair is reduced. I'm for it. The short hair. So it's much like better. a Samson thing, you know, cut his mm -hmm. hair and he's Lost another way powers. he's losing his power. He loses his hammer, loses his hair, loses his dad. It's all going downhill. He's, He's on the verge of losing Asgard. And so that's why I think the full power mode works is because, yeah, it, it just works best when the character is is brought low in some way. Like uh, with, with Spider-Man and Captain Marvel, they're both literally um, tied up by something. And uh, with Thor, he's trapped by Hela. Right, and it's kind of more of a, a mental game for him. He feels like he's failed everyone and that he has, you know, nowhere to go from there. Which seems to be a common Thor theme. When uh, you see an end in um, Endgame, spoilers that he is, yeah, he's kind of given up. Yeah, he's going through a depression, and he's mm -hmm. sort of, yeah, he puts a lot on his shoulders for sure. He takes responsibility. I mean, and he's a king, so he it really is his responsibility. But then, so when he's trapped by Hela, he has that vision of his dad. I think that's when his dad says, um, "Are you Thor, the god of hammers?" <laughs> Which is just right. I love that. <laughs> he's like, "That's the tool. You can figure it out in other ways." And then it's just lightning, lightning all around. And I'm not doing it justice because it's just one of my favorite moments. And talking about it is not the same. And then you gotta have get, the music. Yeah, you we get some, the, you know. some Led Zeppelin in there. And then it's like a video game. Just <laughs> you cannot be stopped. I don't know if we have a lot more to say about Thor. I know. It's a really great scene. And I think it helps that he doesn't actually defeat Hela. Like he does not he doesn't. Like he outsmarts her and he has to make a great sacrifice to defeat her he has to give up their home planet um but it doesn't come from him just you know being stronger than her so i like that it's more of a a mental fo full power mode you know if we're talking about him going from um being mentally reduced and and feeling as though he has failed 
then he has, you know, come back and figured out a way to defeat her, even without superior strength. I love that, that you could say that the sacrifice is, is really the full power, which is a perfect transition to Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. We're talking about sacrifice. We talk about Last Jedi a lot, and I apologize if like you hate Last Jedi, but we'll have to go some time without talking too much about it, <laughs> which I guess I can't promise that. But We can be brief here. Yeah. I mean, we've got Luke again, um, who has, you know, like Thor, is at this place where he just blames himself for everything that's gone wrong, and he feels, you know, reduced. He has literally pulled himself away from the Force, um, and so he has to choose to come back. And I like that his full power mode is, the, is again, like it's all mental power this time. Like he's using the force to project himself to Kylo Ren. He's not actually there fighting Kylo Ren. Yeah, anytime you get a character going into full power mode, I, I can't think of any that aren't about fighting or um, using power in some physical way. What I love about The Last Jedi is that it's antithetical to that and it's the opposite of that and it's sort of a maybe deconstruction's too strong a word but i'm going to use it like a deconstruction of the normal full power mode because he's not shooting lightning he's not using the force in a crazy way like he he could if he was there he kind of is yes yeah he is using the force but i mean like if he was physically there right i think the um expected outcome of that movie is that he's actually there and he's using the force to like you know throw kylo around and he's flipping through the air with his lightsaber and we don't get that it's Mm -hmm. the opposite of that and even though he he could like if he because he is able to project himself through the force to be there he could show himself off as doing all kinds of crazy flips oh like have his projection yeah like flipping around yeah and even in that sense he decides that it would just torment kylo ren even more if he just makes it look so easy, you know, like to resist him and to um, to kind of bait him into attacking. Yeah, and it really is an anti-climax. Like it's not expected and that's what I love about it. And it's, yeah, it's the opposite of what you expect. You expect him because they've even set it up. Like at the beginning of the movie, Luke says, do you expect me to just face down the whole order, the whole first order by myself, you know, in this great show of power? I'm paraphrasing, but uh, that's... The implication and it's it's not that at all he's i guess the reason i love luke in the last jedi is because to me it fits perfectly with luke from the from return of the jedi in my favorite moment in all of star wars when luke throws the lightsaber off to the side and says no i'm not gonna fight um i'm a jedi and and that's the exact same with the last jedi he's not gonna fight he's using the force to not fight and i think it's just it's just perfect i, I love it so much I agree. And there's another close-up on his eyes. There's no (laughs) glowing plasma or lightning, but the eyes are a part of it. And I think that's important. Interestingly, Luke is, I mean, at least tonight of the ones we're talking about, he, you know, he goes full power mode, but it is literally using up the last of his power. Yeah. Like it's a a self-sacrifice to do this. And so that's his ending as well. Well, and it's interesting because the other ones we've talked about are either um, you know, brand new. It's their origins, like Captain Marvel and Spider-Man, or it's Thor, who's sort of it's sort of a reboot, so to speak, of his powers. Yeah. And so he's still at the height of his power, like he's not gonna die. And but what's interesting is those moments co- happen before the climax. Whereas in the Last Jedi, Luke's full power mode, his sacrifice, his death, is the climax of the film or the anti-climax of the film, like I said. But it's also the climax of his of his life. And so I love that the 
the structures of the stories mirror where the characters are in their own stories as well. Perfect. We had a couple of honorable mentions for full power mode we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I was trying to think of like the earliest one I could think of because I, I do think that this is a more recent thing. An, an obvious one is Neo from The Matrix um, at the end of the first Matrix when he starts to see and code. And, and that that's a great full power mode. I, I can't really think of much We're before that. Superman, the movie in the 70s. Maybe. I haven't seen it for a long time, so I can't remember if he right. has full power I'm mode. I'm feeling but like, like he probably does, but yeah, it's been years since I've seen that. Yeah, I feel like it's a recent thing because of superhero movies, because even older fantasy films don't seem to do it that much, and even like sword and sorcery fantasy, like Lord of the Rings doesn't really do it, um, and that obviously that was bef- that was after The Matrix, but yeah, I, I can't think of one before Neo, so if you can think of one, let me know, because I've been racking my brain to think of one. We saw, we've also got... We were talking about Darth Vader from oh yeah, Rogue One. Rogue One. That one's a little bit different. But that one is. I mean, because it's like a villainous full power mode, but it's you don't really see it in any of the previous movies um, when he's, you know, fully Darth Vader and fully villainous. And then we had... Oh, we were talking about Eleven from S- Stranger Things. In season two, well, we were specifically thinking season two. Well, yeah, because we were watching rewatching season two to get ready for season three, and that was like the impetus for this episode. Was like, man, I love that moment in in stories when the character fully realizes their potential and yes. in a in a fantastical, physical, powerful way. So we can't yeah, not. Yeah, so when she bring closes that void or whatever you yeah. call it into the upside down. Well, what's interesting about Eleven is she has like a full power mode at the end of both seasons. So I wonder if she's going to have another one in season three or if they're going to like move on from that, (laughs) from that trope. Um, She's young enough. She could still be developing powers. Yeah. We might not have seen her full potential yet. She might have a full ultimate crazy (laughs) over the top, super duper power mode in season three. Absolutely. Um, Related to the matrix, because I think they're the same movie is the Lego movie. Emmett goes full power mode at the end. You're laughing at me, yeah. but we could do a whole episode about how <laughs> Emmett and, and Neo, Neo are the are same. same <laughs> and not I don't mean that in a negative way. Like I've I think only it's great. seen The Matrix once long time ago. I'm, I mean, you showed it to me once. so It's not one I've watched recently. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But that was al- always something that stuck out to me when I watched the Lego movie was... You reminded you? Emmett is Neo, basically. Because, well, and that movie is really a, a comment on like chosen one narratives anyways but it uh, harbors closely to the matrix any others that we're missing let us know your f- any that you might remember yeah, or what think are your of favorite that your favorite full power mode heroes and in we books we weren't we didn't really yeah we didn't really talk about books oh books speaking of which that's a superpower you have a real superpower is like speed reading, speed reading. that's what we were going to mention was our real superpower it's like your mom's real superpower yeah. so my mom has the superpower of finding a sonic you know, like the drive-in. Sonic drive-in. She know. just knows where they are in a city that she's never been no, before. No, she can, like, find them anywhere because she loves their their. She can sense coat. it. She has a sixth sense for Sonic. She just knows where That's they are. That's a lot are. of s- sibilance. I don't really have any real superpowers. We, your superpower is a calming presence. I'm a, I have a calming presence. Yes, like, the kids and I can be getting, like, more and more, like, upset or, like, and your presence is just calming every time you know it's because i sound like a smooth jazz radio dj (laughs) doesn't hurt that's for sure (laughs) all right thanks for joining us this episode you can follow us on instagram and twitter at elsewhere underscore pod and please rate review subscribe give us some stars if you want because we like stars tell your friends about us we want we want to grow our audience so if you like us and you think hey 
so and so would Dave really love this. would love this Dave. or or uh, Kevin the super Josie shy. Josie would just adore Josie Grossy I don't know what Josie Grossy that sounds familiar can you place it <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you <laughs> we're just gonna sit here for five minutes while I'm thinking of I'm not Josie Grossy anymore Josie Grossy no I'm nope I'm thinking of Ruthie Pigface Draper <laughs> but okay who's Josie Grossy figure it out all right on that note <laughs> Happy beeps. Happy beeps.